Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters on Shonen Jump's Viz website. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Sure. As well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. www.patreon.com slash lastpodcasts. I'm not forgetting to say it at the beginning this time. There you go. We have a patron. A Patreon. You can be our patron. We do have at least one patron, actually. We have several. Yes. Most of the content there is for our other podcasts, specifically It's a Gundam, but Kevin and I might do something. Yeah, we haven't decided yet. Uh, there's a ton of content on there right now, so I'm not in a huge rush to throw something up just yet. Yeah. What's a Gundam episode two is probably going up there soon, though. So if you like me and Kevin and and Gundam, you have that to look forward to. Yeah. But before that, we have My Hero Academia to talk about, as well as everything else in Shonen Jump. But who cares? My Hero Academia, number 254. What do you think about this chapter, Kevin? I I liked this chapter. I actually felt like this week's Shonen Jump was really emotional and good for that. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment in general. Especially, like, even some of the series we don't normally love had a big emotional beats, I think. Yeah, so it was, like, really weird that, like, everything had an emotional beat. It wasn't everything, because I can specifically think of some ones that did not. No, but... but I get what you're going for. What I, I more meant, like, 14 out of the 18 yeah. chapters had these big emotional moments. I was like, wow, that doesn't usually happen. Usually there's, like, one action-focused one, and, you know, they're, like, in different phases of the arcs. It's very weird for all of them to, basically all of them to be, all right, let's have that emotional moment now. Yeah. It is a weird way things lined up. So My Hero Academia, speaking of that, I mostly just love that Gran Torino is now an emotional old man, and this is not the first time of him being like that. Yeah. But he's just like, oh, I'm old now, so let's try this friendship miracle shonen nonsense and see if your being his friends will cause him to come back to normal. And Racerite is like, I do not believe in shonen bullshit, but then his heart grows three sizes, and he's like, please, shonen bullshit, bring my friend back. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. I had a really hard time ranking a lot of these because it was like, they're all having these great emotional moments. How, how do I rank which one I liked feeling more? <laughs> Crap. I thought My Hero was actually one of the weaker ones. I definitely liked it. We get a lot of a, a Razorhead backstory, too. And mostly him expelling in air quotes all the kids. And apparently most of the kids he has expelled then get re-enrolled. Well, he specifically wanted the power to do that. And he was like, basically, I wanted to scare them with the expulsion to force them to become better heroes. Mm -hmm. And I also kind of agree with that assessment that My Hero was one of the weaker ones. I think some of it was this was coming from a Razorhead, which was awesome. But, like, it wasn't a emotional connection between some of the main characters. It's between a razor head and this kid I've never met. <laughs> well, Oboro he's a dude now. Shirakumo, who is 100% the Obito to a Razorhead's Kakashi, because My Hero Academia is secretly just Naruto. Only, you know, not actually that secretly. Yeah, it's American Naruto. Yeah, only you know done by a Japanese man in Japan. Yes, but based off American comic books. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to say about it? I like it. I like the Shannon bullshit. I hope it happens for them. It probably won't. That's how these tend to work. Yeah. But I did like the the basically, uh, all right, well, maybe maybe this will work out like one of those shonen mangas that the kids are be reading. <laughs> Which brings us to Demon Slayer Chapter 187, Innocent Person. Which, speaking of emotional moments, 
Yeah, like you said, there are a lot of them. Yeah, there are a lot of them. It's... Also, this one has fight, though. This one does have fighting. We find out Muzan has seven hearts and five brains yep. because he is a shonen villain. Yep. Well, specifically, it's because he's trying to eliminate his weaknesses. So it's like, you basically have to completely destroy me in order to kill me. Uh-huh. We also find out that Yorichi, who is the older brother swordsman from the past who invented breathing techniques, was kind of responsible for freeing Tamayo from Muzan's control. Yep. Inadvertently. But that got him banished from Demon's Land because he failed to kill Muzan. And he's and, talking to... Oh. Well, and he also let her go. Or she escaped him or something like that. She escaped. Yeah. Explicitly. But he, like, was not pursuing her because after he nearly killed Muzan, she was free again and was just the person. Yep. And so he's kind of telling all this to Tanjiro's ancestor, kind of like listing his regrets. He's like, yeah, they banished me from the Demon Slaying Corps, and I feel like I was put on this earth to kill Muzan, and I failed. Yep. But then the little baby that Tanjiro's ancestor has hugs him, because baby hugs fix everything. Yes. Which I'm making light of, but I thought it was really powerful. No, that, that was a great moment of, so the, the little baby comes by, and she's just like, up. Oh. And she gives him the hug, and then we cut to, like, we see him hugging the baby, and then we cut to his face, and he's just crying. And I really like the bit of Tanjiro at the end. He's like, I know this is all in the past, but I can't help but keep rooting for Yorichi to find some semblance of happiness. Like, he's like, you know, hey, come on, flashback, work the way I want you to. <laughs> Even like, though he's like, I, th this is all said and done, I can't change anything, but I can't help myself wanting to change to have him finding some sense of peace again. Well, that's just like any media, too, if we're yeah. talking metaphor. You don't have any control of it. I mean, I guess video games these days, you do to a degree, but... Yeah, and there's been some choose-your-own-adventure type stuff that they've tried doing. Not specifically choose-your-own-adventure, but like crowdsourced choose-your-own-adventure, where they're like, hey, here's the episode. Here are the three paths we can take. Vote for your favorite. And for better or worse, the internet did make them make Sonic the Hedgehog look like goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog yes. for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, the, you know, I mean, listen, the internet beat Pokemon over Twitch. That's true. <laughs> we, they had to cheat a little bit, but it's true. Yes. That was a fun experiment. <laughs> yes. Anything else you want to say about Demon Slayer? No, like I said, I really liked that emotional beat at the end. Well, that brings us to one of the less emotional chapters of this week but still one i liked a lot Zipman 003 force it open which i think had the line i laughed at the most in this week's shonen jump mm -hmm. which is when cutie charm jumps in to do karate chops and the younger smart brother is like aren't magical girls like supposed to attack with beams and stuff and, and the wands, older yeah. brother responds with the cutie series is completely innovative with hand-to-hand -hand combat yep <laughs> which kind of had me flashing back to Magical Girl Asuka, which is the Magical Girls if they had PTSD. I mean, I, I think that's the most Magical Girl series at this point. Yes, but. but that's just the most recent one I've seen. And I'm like, that. why are all the Magical Girl series like Madoka Magica and this doing that now? I guess that's the evolution of Magical Girls is like, what would it really be like to be a Magical Girl? They would probably have these <laughs> traumatic experiences. Oh, it's like, oh, being a child soldier actually sucks. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm still really liking Zipman. I yeah. don't know that I have a ton to say about it, other than that bit was very good. That bit was very good. It does seem like all the villains are going to be based on like actual TV characters, given this. Not actual 
Like, she's clearly part cutie honey and part of Precure. Yeah. A little bit of a mix of both. But it seems like they're going to be shows in-universe that the villains are making robots of. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And they also, the cool thing I saw was the the ability that they're going to have to, can like, combine powers. Because he gets the fist of the giant robot by putting the zipper. It's like, oh, I got the zipper of the giant robot and it's compatible. So now I have, like, the giant robot fist. And they also keep calling Jackman here, like, the traitor, which is very common writer. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really liking this weird common writer take. Yeah, it seems really interesting. And that brings us to A Gravity Boys, Chapter 2, Downtown Boys, comma, Uptown Girl, question mark? Yep. So it seems like Deus Ex Machina Man is just going to appear every week like he's the aliens from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They don't appear every week. No. But, but like, just to instigate. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not totally off the fence on A Gravity Boys, but I was like, oh, if it's just going to be this joke over and over again, it might get old pretty fast. I like this chapter more than last week's, I think. Although I definitely see where you're coming from. I ended up liking it less because maybe not as the chapter, but I was like, oh, is it just going to be this over and over again? All signs point to yes. Yeah, so I'm like, eh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was already on that fence. Yeah. So I still am. I mean, they tried to make the boys not terrible in this one. And eh. Yeah, it it sort of works. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it for one more week, and then it'll just, you know, be on the rankings, wherever we want to put it, somewhere between Mitama Security and Mission Yuzakura family, most likely. Probably. That brings us to One Piece Chapter 965, the Kurozumi Clan's Plot, where which we actually like fill in some historical background on Wano, mostly. Yep. What did you think of One Piece this week, Kevin? I liked the kind of, hey, here's the historical background, but I mean, really the ending is what got me Ex- into the ex- super excited for the next chapter, but even got me into this chapter more. See, whereas I did like the ending, but I feel like it's also exactly the same ending as the last chapter of One Piece. Sort to of. To a greater degree. Yes. Because like Roger's here and Rayleigh's here and his crewmen, like it feels like he's on the page even more than like we were talking about last week. Yeah. About how he had more of a presence and him being like, oh, yeah, I have to beat Whitebeard one more time before I die. And yep. him like beating Marines is like, ah, bring some named characters. You NPCs suck. Yep. Where's Garpins and Goku? Yep. I also like at some point they never mention it, but Marco gets his Phoenix powers mm-hmm. or he gets the Phoenix fruit because, you know, he starts off being a deckhand and then sometime along the way he has his Phoenix powers. I just I liked the. I liked a lot of the backstory on the Whitebeard Pirates and just kind of the stuff going on there. And then, like I said, even though it was kind of a continuation of last week, I really liked. It's like, all right, here are the Roger Pirates. Like, here they are together on on screen, essentially, even though that was the cliffhanger again. I'm still it's like, well, now they're actually face to face as opposed to just Roger being like, I should meet this guy. And there's something about the way Roger's drawn here. It's not like it's ever been before, but that's in a good way, I think. Yes. It's hard to describe. I don't think we've ever seen his full body. That might actually be true. I feel like we did when he gave the hat to Shanks, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe. And I, because like, I don't know that we might not have ever seen him standing. That's possible. 
because we've seen him like he was kneeling for the exit. You know, we've seen the scene yeah. of him kneeling for the execution that technically you can see his whole body, although it's like he's all crunched up. Maybe some of the ace flashbacks. Possibly. I'm not sure. There's something about his build, though. He looks a lot saying he looks like Luffy isn't quite accurate, but he's got almost that rubbery quality to him. Yeah, kind of. I am interested in next week's. But I did think it was kind of lame that they used basically the same cliffhanger again. I got you. Which will bring us to the Promised Neverland, Chapter 161, Never Be Alone. Kevin, never be alone. Yeah, I'm always alone. I really like this chapter of Promised Neverland. You're the one who said they said this was going to be basically the final arc, right? Yeah, I'm, I remember reading that somewhere that like it's it's coming towards a conclusion. Like he's not he's going to like wrap up the story. It's not going to keep going like a lot of these stories do. Yeah, like, it really felt that way this week. And, like, it should always feel like the next chapter might be the last one, I think. Like, when you're doing manga, I think that's just a good momentum to have. I don't know. I don't know about the next one being the last, but, like, it feels like it should be going some, like... I feel like the chapter should be moving towards a conclusion, not necessarily like, oh, God, maybe it'll end next week. I don't think Ramos Neverland is going to end next week, just to be clear. But, like, it felt like it was bringing all this stuff into play. Yeah. That really feels like it's going to be the climax. And it should always feel like it's moving towards a climax, I guess I'd say. Not that I, do I don't that. love, like, p- after-party chapters where all the cute girls tease the boy so I can ship them all. Yes. Um, because if you listen to this podcast, you know I do. But there's just, it feels like it's building. And I was thinking, like, the entire front half of this chapter, oh, they have to go back to Grace Field. And that's where, like, she left. Is it Chris? Is that the character's name? She's like, hey, I'll be back for you. And all the other. Oh, yeah, all the other kids, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were all going to get involved. But then, like, they find out that the demons took all the, captured all the children at the base and are taking them there. Yeah. That just has a real feel of finality to it. Yeah, they're coming back to Grace Field for the last time kind of feeling. No, it was, it was very good. Yeah. Also, all Norman's bros waited for him because they're all bros. Yes. And I also liked Emma's just kind of like, we need to come up with a plan. Nope, we're going off on, We're going off to save the kids. What? That's impossible. No, it's not. And just the kind of like, if I have determined that it's possible, then I'm going to go do it and we can come up with the plan on the way. I'm not going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs trying to come up with the perfect plan. We're going to spring into action. But because we have me, Ray, and Norman together, we're unstoppable again. Yeah, we will think of the plan yes. on the way. Well, we should go because it might be too late to do the plan when we get there. Yeah, so I, I really liked that even Norman was like, oh, it's, it seems so impossible. There's 20 of us versus two, and I was wrong, it was 2,000 demons. I think you said that the first time. Yeah. It was like, there's 2,000 demons. There's no way we can do that. And Emma just being like, sure we can. Through the power of friendship. Friendship and our brains. Yes. And maybe the promise I made. Yeah. Don't um, forget that that's still dangling in the background somewhere. Yes. Anything else you want to say about Promise Neverland? No. That will bring us to Samurai 8 Chapter 31, then. This wasn't the deal. Where all of Ben's minions are pretty upset he's going to blow up the planet with them on it. Yes. Because they're hanging out there right now. Yeah. Also, Yoshitsune... His, like, old power just lets him control the ship, basically. And Benkai just captures everybody except for Kotsuga. Yes. He's like, hey, you can still join me if you kill all of them. Yep. 
And the final chapter is him about to slash Ryu, which is 100% going to be him slashing Ryu out of the bonds so that yep. they can be fight bros together. There's no tension in that cliffhanger, but yeah. it's still pretty good. Yeah, uh, but that was kind of, I was like, that kind of lost some of the the shininess for me. And this was one of the ones that didn't have that big of an emotional moment. Yeah. And so compared to a lot of the other ones, I was like, it's not that it was a particularly bad chapter. Like, it was a pretty good chapter of Samurai 8, but I felt like... A lot of the rest of Shonen Jump brought their A game, and, you know, you were here bringing your B game. <laughs> yeah. I will agree with that. Even though Samurai 8's B game is still better than a lot of series here. Yes. Not most of the ones we talk about, but a lot of the other ones. And that brings us to another series bringing more or less its A game, which is Act Age Scene 94, Flames. Yeah. I love this chapter. This was awesome. Which all from the director's point of view and why she's such a crazy person, basically. Yes. Which is just like, she just, all she wanted to do was paint, but it was never good enough for herself. Well, she wanted to paint the Kopotoro, Topokoro. The little fairy person she met as a kid. And she's like, I could never get it right. And so she like became a better painter to try and get that painting right, but she could never do it. And eventually that pissed her off. So that's why she started painting flames was she just wanted to burn she was like i just wanted to burn everything down like i can't i can't make the painting that i want to yeah well and she she are drawing flames over her paintings because she doesn't like them yes and then a not she meets a novelist who's like oh you should just paint fire then yeah it never comes out how you want and they were together for a year and then he vanished and wrote a novel about a female painter and i guess that was Kay's dad yeah that's the way it sounds like (laughs) yeah and she's like, well, I could never figure it out. And then I decided to do this play because, like, it's his daughter and that was interesting. But more than that, she's basically playing me. And if she can get through this, maybe that'll tell me how I get through this. Yep. So, yeah, I'm super stoked about this now. Yeah, it was it was very cool. It is going to, I think, make the storyline with the competition with the second cast less interesting, possibly. Although it's also possible that Yonagi fails and somehow Chie does not. Yeah, that is possible. It's also possible that Yonagi doesn't fail, but the play ends up suffering because of it. Yeah. Somehow, like, it helps the director out immensely, but since she was the only audience that that was geared to, the Team B does better as for a performance, and they end up winning the competition. And then that could be a foil for Yonagi of, like, so you succeeded at what I was trying to make you do, but you couldn't succeed at making the play work at the same time. Yeah, that's possible. Anyway, super interested in this chapter of Act Age. Yes. Which brings us to lighter and happier things with We Never Learn, question 140, The Time of X, which is also a super emotional chapter. Yeah, this chapter just got to me. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, it just, We Never Learn has to be at the end of its rope, right? Yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be like closing in. Ten chapters at the most, I feel like. And, yeah. you know, that's maybe limiting it we could very easily have a big story arc with each girl before the ending still yeah but they all did their test and i assume they all passed we don't find out but mostly we see Uraka's interview yeah and the person is like hey what has epitomized the joys of your youth and she just tries to give that canned answer he's like no i want you to be candid with me and she's like oh this notebook and we see all the other girls like remembering all the notes yugia gave him yep. and how it's helping them on their test yep yeah, and just how much he had influenced their lives in general. 
Yeah, and Ogata and, doesn't hate herself anymore. Yep. Ogata doesn't hate herself anymore. Fumino is a lot more confident in herself and, like, more willing to go for what she wanted to. Because initially she was, even when she was like, I want to be an astronomer, she was just kind of, like, going about it lazily. So she's a lot more honest with herself, which is nice. Even Konami-senpai has realized how less stressful the second time around is. Because she's like, oh, I remember practicing this with Kohai. And I remember practicing this with Kohai. And, like, the first time around, my field of vision was so narrow. Like, I was only focused on me. There are other other people even in the room. And there's a lot more going on than I was aware of when I was super stressed out. So at the end, all the girls try to get Yu-Gi-Oh flowers for being their tutor. But then Yuraka trips and they all glomp him. Yes. Well, the three main girls. Kohai, or Senpai, is in the back. I was kind of hoping it would be shown that she pushed them. Yes, that that would have been funny. <laughs> Kirisu was off shredding like, important documents to Yeah, him. I was like, Kirisu was clearly concerned, because they were like, Kirisu, are you okay? And she's like, yes, of course, I'm fine. Aren't those documents important for the meeting today? What? <laughs> and she's like shredding the documents. But uh, she's not there at the end for the glomp. It's true. I mean, she can glomp him on her own time. She's yes. an adult woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the this chapter just got to me even more than last week's chapter. Yeah, it's very much the same energy, but this one is a much happier feel. Yes. Last but not least, we have Hell's Paradise Chapter 80. Speaking of happy feels, not this one. No. I, all, I really like this chapter of Hell's Paradise, though. It was good. Yep. I wish I knew any character's names in Hell's Paradise, yeah, but... Same. Samurai Lady is confronting one of the Lord Tenzins, and she goes to draw her sword, but then he just, like, crushes her with the force. Yep. It's Tao. I know it's Tao. Yeah. But... Probably some kind of Earth Tao. Yeah. He was like, hey, I, I don't want to fight, so if you take your hand off your sword, I'll stop. And she, like, kind of gets on her knees and is like, hey, I'm sorry, I know we kind of invaded your territory. It's your fault for trying to get people to do that, and so I think it's karma, but... We are the aggressors here, so if you just let us leave, like, no harm, no foul, please let us leave. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Also, we are going to send a bunch of evil butterflies with magic stingers to the mainland to cover it like a plague and yeah. turn everybody into Tao flowers. So it's fine if you go there and become a Tao flower. No skin off my back. Yeah. That was definitely a huge turn. With and it's the, got uh, real cool, like, Black Plague vibes, like they show them loading them all up on the ship. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real good escalation of the stakes. Yeah, it was very good. Anything else you want to say about Hell's Paradise? I still need to get caught up. I'm still on chapter 20, like I was like two months ago. It'll happen sometime, Jeremy, I swear. I believe you. Like, probably when I build all my 40K models. Yeah. And that will bring us to Jump Card. Jump card is not the segment where I build 40k models. 
Instead, it is the segment where we rank all the chapters we read from our least favorite up through our favorite, including the ones we don't talk about every week. So, Kevin, what do you have at the bottom of this emotional week? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at the bottom. This really? Week. That far? I did not think it was very good. I Something about it just seemed very eclectic and like just it didn't come together well as a chapter and there I think... was a difficulty of following it too yeah like i i think i know what happened with the train but i'm not a hundred percent sure oh, and there's that, like no emotional reaction train. to it yeah that was the thing of like so they had loaded the train or the the guy who could transform humans had loaded the train or jumped boarded the train and loaded humans onto it and it's like he stepped off and it's like but wh- why is any of this happening i'm so like i'm so confused so it just it ended up going down there because I think even the other chapters that I normally put down here did better this week than Jujutsu Kaisen just for being more coherent. I have Mitama Secure AT at the bottom like normal. I shouldn't say like normal. Tokyo Shinobi Squad's only been gone one week. Yep. But I like this is the second row in a week where Joe's just kind of not here. Yeah. And he is at the end to be fair. And I assume they're going to play basketball or something, and it'll be kind of funny, but this is just such a weird escalation, and I didn't find it the jokes particularly funny. Yeah. The only reason that I have it at number 17, and the only reason I have it above Jujutsu Kaisen is I feel like... It was easier to follow? It was easier to follow, and it was a better chapter, and it, just the addition of the some of the lore stuff, like, oh, Yo used to be one of the top members of security... Yeah, and I do like that aspect. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a weird thing to pull out now, but it's fine. It's probably coming towards a close. It like wouldn't it, surprise me. It's probably him or them telling him, like, hey, you don't have much longer. Like, ah, oh, crap. Okay. Yeah, that would not surprise me. Although, who knows? Maybe maybe it makes more sense in Japan, and they like it a bit more. Maybe. I have Dr. Stone reboot at 17, and this is a little biased against it, but I just don't know where it's going. It feels like it's like trying to catch up to Dr. Stone, but I don't see how that happens. And I feel like this is all stuff we've seen before in this series. Yes. The only reason that it is not at the complete bottom is because I saw that next week is the final chapter. Oh, it is? Yeah. It said final chapter next like. Oh, I didn't the- notice. Some I like look to see if. Yeah. I, like, I always look at that. And I specifically this week because I there's a I'm guessing two weeks out. We're not going to have a Shonen Jump. Yeah. So I was checking to see if that was going to be this week or next week. But oh, well. Okay, that would actually probably have made me put it a little higher. Yeah, but the not, fact that not much higher, yeah. but just a little higher because it was like, okay, so it seems to be building to catching up to like what, and then like it could tie in, right? It's where they are currently in the Doctor Stone manga. That would be weird. But not actually too weird. With I feel what like happened to this chapter. Like basically, the, the idea that I'm going to have is the state space station is going to crash. What's right. left of it? What's left of it is going to crash, and Senku's going to be like, oh, I can use this. Well, yeah, but I just feel like that has to happen after this arc wraps up. Not necessarily. Not if it, it crashes on the island. Well, that's true. You're right. I just, I'm not sure where I think this is going, but that is much more interesting to me, that it's going to be coming to a conclusion. Yeah. And I, because like I said, I could have sworn it said final chapter next week, and so that's why I went a little bit higher for me what do you have at 16 i have chainsaw man at 16 i don't know just the there is the emotional beat at the end but the whole fight is such a mess yeah the the fight is a mess and there is the emotional beat at the end but then it i like i can't tell if 
she is still messing with him or not messing with him. I mean, we'll find out next chapter, though, right? Maybe. I assume we will. I assume he's going to that cafe. Yeah, but then they had the weird cliffhanger thing that I wasn't. Was that? I'm was like I was like was that Powers Cat? Is that like what's? I just got confused by the cliffhanger. That's fair. I did not put it much higher than you, but here's where I put Jujutsu Kaisen for okay. all the reasons you put Jujutsu Kaisen pretty low. Yep. I just thought some of the fight stuff at the beginning was okay. So I have a Gravity Boys at number fifteen. Huge drop from last week, but I feel like this Shonen Jump wasn't necessarily better than last week. But I just I if it's just going to be this joke over and over again, where it's like, hey, oh, horny. It's... <laughs> God has come from another dimension to tempt them with cute girls. Yes. It's like, oh, so it's just going to be this, you know, fifth dimensional being showing up and telling them, oh, you, you know, here's a test. Oh, you guys passed. Interesting. And he just keeps doing it over and over again. Like, okay. The, none of the jokes, like, it's supposed to be a comedy series and I wasn't, I didn't feel like laughing. Yeah. Most, like, at all. I was like, well, that, it's not good for your second chapter of a comedy series when I didn't feel like laughing. You're right. Uh, 15 is where I put Chainsaw Man. Okay. I have Doctor Star Reboot at number 14. Like I said, because I saw that it said it was the final chapter next week, I was like, okay, now that it's coming to a conclusion, like they sped through the thing, and I, can, I have an idea of how it can maybe tie into Doctor Stone currently. And I am interested in that. I was pretty dismissive about it when you were talking yeah. about it. But like how that comes in would be interesting, even if it is like a couple of weeks, if it doesn't quite line up. But if it does in the same chapter of Shredding Jump, I think that's super interesting. Yeah, that would be awesome. But if even if it doesn't quite line up, although I don't like because they're working together, I don't see why why they wouldn't make it line up. Yeah, I mean something weird could have happened, right? Yeah, something weird could have happened. But or I just, they could have just wanted to do this flashback arc like One Piece, but said like, "Hey, what could we do it separate?" Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. Where are we? Fourteen. Yep. Here I have a Gravity Boys for again most of the same reasons you did. Yeah. Uh, kind of a jump for me, but. The jokes just work a little better this week, I thought. Yeah. So I have Haikyuu at number 13. I actually like this chapter of Haikyuu. I liked the, even though they lost the one guy, she was like, don't tell me your thing, or she ended up proposing to him because she's like, don't tell me you're waiting to win a damn volleyball tournament to propose <laughs> to me. Marry me now. And yeah. just the, the reverse proposal was really good. It was. And I liked them talking about the main character, too. And you're yep. like, yeah, he's completely unknown in Japan because he literally came straight to Brazil out of high school. Yep. And then he's gonna be he's gonna be trying to try out for a team with some of his big competitors. I'm assuming from yeah. earlier. It is interesting that it shifted from a high school volleyball manga to a pro volleyball manga. It is, but at the same time, it's not completely weird because they've no, it's not. But I just find it. I would have expected this to end with a big tournament or something. Like we skipped his senior year in high school. Yeah, this. it's not a big shift because I feel like a lot of school series like struggle with semester turnovers and stuff like that. Yeah. Like Food Wars doesn't go a full year. I don't think My Hero Academia. Well, I'm interested to see how My Hero Academia is going to go. I wonder if something's going to happen to UA at the end of their first year. It could still keep going. There's definitely it, no problem with that because even in that UA is in this weird transition phase where they are changing the way their curriculum works. Yeah, but I feel like they've been. They've been pushing the first year students so hard. It's like, all right, let's go to second semester. What what the hell are we going to do for second semester? Like, it would be funny to see, uh, even if they kind of like montage their way through it, of like, welcome to second semester. What happened? Nothing. Oh. Like, <laughs> you can do a time skip too, too. 
Yeah, but and now I just, we are thirty years, and now we're graduating. Or yeah, whatever. I just think it'd be funny if they like just straight up skipped to the like montage of their way through it of them just doing like yeah. So we went to the sports festival again. It was, you know, w- way easier than the last time because you know we're all basically at the professional hero level now. Endeavor would hire any of us now, so <laughs> don't really need to stand out. Yeah, but. Like, I think that would be funny for a chapter or two of them just kind of skipping through that. But I do agree with you. Semester turnovers could be very, or can be very weird. I mean, I just feel like manga usually avoids them. Yeah. It's something I've noticed since we started reading Jump. I have Mission Yozakura family at 13. Because I didn't find it super funny. And I didn't like this character for the first time. So bringing him back wasn't great. I did kind of like the conclusion. Mm. But it is sort of, he just animate, he just shown in boys his way through the problem yeah which i don't hate because obviously i'm a fan of that but it was not like a clever solution nor was it a particularly emotional one in a week where we're talking about all the emotional climaxes yeah i had it at number 12 for a lot of the same reasons i, I had hikey at 12 actually okay. i really liked the gadgets that the dude had again i like that evil toy maker thing so i liked how he was basically cheating with all these gadgets that he made and how affordable a bunch of them were like oh yeah the you know these running shoes and all this stuff it's like it's only three thousand yen i was like that it's not that much at all if i don't get two penalty kicks right now ref who i paid a million dollars i'll die yes (laughs) you heard the man oh come on the golden dumbbells that was great yeah i thought haikyo was better because it had that that good reverse proposal what do you have at 11 i have black clover at number 11 I did like Black Clover, but I think it just fell short of a lot of the other emotional moments. Like, basically, this one was more of the joke of Finral is super enthralled with Charmy's other form. And it was just asked to reveal, you know, basically showing him what uh, af- somehow after the six month time skip. Oh, yeah, I've just I've been super entranced with that woman. He was like, but she's right over there. <laughs> but we also have the Yuno stuff, which is not emotional. No, it's kind of cliche, actually. But it is a big turning point, potentially. Is, yeah. And that's why it went very high or towards the middle of the list. Because I feel like a lot of the, you know, even some of the stuff under this, like Mission Yuzakura Family and Haikyuu, I felt like were really good this week. So I still did really like that. But it just, it fell short of the emotional moments of most of the stuff, up, or all of the stuff up above it, which is why it kind of ended up down here for me. I have Dr. Stone at 11, just because I found this chapter weirdly hard to follow. Okay. I don't know. I'm guessing then you didn't put it kind of low. Usually you put Dr. Stone above me. So I'm guessing you didn't have those issues with it. No, not as much. It's not too much higher than yours, but I didn't have any trouble following it. And I really liked the kind of, so they managed to, the Ibarra managed to trick the one guy into taking the ring to the center of the island and petrifying the whole island. And everybody kind of turned into Senku, and it's like, hey, I figured it out, but the rest of it's up to you. Like, Senku, you need to save us from this. Yeah. And so I really like that it's like Senku on his own now, basically. I do like that as well. <laughs> and then a space station crashed into them, and he had a robot friend. Yes. I didn't dislike the chapter, but everything else I liked better, like you're saying. I got you. I, I just, I liked the emotional moment of Chrome kind of having that realization as the petrification beam is hitting him and him like pointing off to Senku like you it's up to you now Mm -hmm. kind of I really like that moment of the 
because it's not the self-sacrifice, but it's like the the person gets encased like the in trust. ice. Or, yeah, the trust of, you know, I'll, I'll hold up the door for you while you run through and save the princess kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not dead, but I'm not going, I'm going to take this burden and not be able to go anywhere. You have to do it yourself. I really like that. What do you have at 10? At 10, I have Samurai 8. I think it was a lot of it was that the ending where it's like, oh no, is Ko or is Sanda going to cut down Ryu? No, 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 no he's, he's not. not. I, <laughs> I mean, you got to go for that cliffhanger though. It's time for the chapter to end. You have to get something there. Yeah, it was fine, but like I said, but I've seen had, this movie before. I've seen this movie before, and we had a lot of really good Ryu emotional and, chapters, yeah. and it was like I, it wasn't bad, but it was like, oh yeah. You know, Ben managed to capture everybody using a technique that Daruma had where he could control his holder more thoroughly. So he trapped all of them. And it's like, well, this is, like, interesting. And I I am interested to see where it goes. But the emotional bit is probably going to be next chapter and wasn't this chapter. Tens right, but Black Clover. Not much higher than you. Yep. I have Hell's Paradise at number nine. I think it was just kind of like the the sad despair emotion that this brought of like oh yeah sure you can leave whenever you want but i mean we're going to be you know converting the whole world into a towel flower so like if you want to leave go for it we're not going to stop you anymore (laughs) kind of thing was really interesting so now i feel like it's going to shift from them trying to get off the island to them trying to stop that boat from getting off the island yeah uh we need to ram that boat with our boat i'm expecting because they were probably going to steal the boat that they're loading (laughs) with all of the Uh, the butterflies so they're like well now we need to get to that boat even faster to make sure that it doesn't go away and destroy humanity. Yeah. I have Samurai 8 at number 9. Again, for most of the same reasons as mm-hmm. you. So I have Zipman at number 8. I did really like Zipman, and I'm still really enjoying it. But it just didn't have that emotional punch. emotional punch that everything else above it did. And so I was like, ah, I... Like, I almost felt bad ranking it down here. Because I was like, I'm so excited for Zipman. It just... You... You did not expect to be going up against everyone else with their A-game, did you? (laughs) I mean, that's fair. You can't be A-game every week. Yeah. Nine is where I put One Piece, because I didn't think it had much emotion to it either. And, like, the flashbacks... Like, there's flashback in a flashback stuff in this, almost. We're on nine, right? And ten was Black Clover. Yeah, well, I just did Zipman at number eight. Oh, I'm sorry. My number eight is One Piece. Okay, there we go. I'm less confused now. My number eight is One Piece. Sorry. I thought it worked pretty well, uh, but and I liked a bunch of the Roger stuff at the end. But like I said, I felt using the same cliffhanger two weeks in a row was a little bit on the weak side. And now I'm completely losing my chain of thought because I messed up earlier. And now I don't know what I said. The flashback and the flashback stuff, like, it's okay, but it wasn't super what I wanted to see. I gotcha. I have Dr. Stone at number seven. I don't have much more to talk about it than I did when you ranked it. So, I, like I like I said earlier, I just really liked the Chrome kind of being like, it's up to you, Senku! And putting all his trust in him. Plus the whole thing with the Dr. Stone reboot, maybe having the satellite crash into Dr. Stone kind of brought this up like, oh, maybe that's how he's going to solve this petrification thing problem is... Because like now the Medusa's stuck inside that one guy's petrified body. Yeah. I have My Hero Academia at number seven. Because, like we were talking about, pretty good emotional punch. Not as good as most of the other chapters this week yep. that had real strong ones. Yeah, My Hero is number six for me for the same reasons. Six for me is Hell's Paradise because I really like the shot of them loading the boat 
and like how foreboding that was. It can be tricky to raise the stakes in something like this, especially to like world threat levels. But this just had like a real Dracula feel to me, and I really, really dug it. I got you. So I have Demon Slayer at number five. I did really like the emotional moment of Yurichi hugging and hugging that baby, or getting <laughs> Hug hugged, that baby, getting hugged by that baby. As just like this was this was really sweet. Yeah, it was just as a good chapter, of Demon Slayer. I have the promise Neverland at five. Again, like I really like the like march towards conclusion that it has, mm-hmm. but I didn't really feel like an emotion to it. Like there's certainly Emma's like, hey, friendship. Now that me and Norman and Ray are together, will be good. But I did definitely really like all that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like it was a huge emotional gut punch either. I got you. I am super excited for the next chapter, though. I feel like it's regained a lot of momentum. Yep. So I have one piece of number four. I really liked the flashback stuff of like, hey, here's how Odin hung out with Whitebeard in kind of montage form with him marrying Time Lady that I can't remember. I wrote down her name because I knew we wouldn't remember it. It is Toki. Toki. And coming up with silly names for Momosuke at first, where he's like, he starts naming him various ingredients in Odin, <laughs> or in Odin noodles. And Toki's like, no, you can't name him after Odin ingredients. No, we are not Dragon Ball Z characters. <laughs> we are One Piece characters. Yep. And then the Whitebeard, the Whitebeard kind of like full page panel at the end of him being like, hey, bring Garper Sengoku if you're going to try and fight me was really good. And I'm just excited to see the white or the Roger pirates. Yeah, I'm definitely am excited for Roger as well. I have Zipman at number four. It did not have an emotional punch like we talked about. But like I said, I laughed out loud at hardest I have in a very long time. I thought, no, it's completely revolutionary with its hand to hand combat. Yep. I want to watch that magical girl show. Yep. So I have the promised Neverland at number three. I really liked it wasn't just the Emma's now that the three of us together were invincible. I just really liked her thing of like, no, we need to we need to go save everybody. What? But like, it'll be impossible. I don't care. I'm going to make it possible. And I just really liked her attitude and how that just like the last time where she was like when they were planning to escape Grace Field and Ray was like, oh, well, I mean, you know, the three of us could easily do it, but there's no way that we can bring everybody. And Emma being like, no, we're going to save everybody. And Norman kind of going along with it because he's like, I'm, I mean, come on. How can you say no to that face? I have Demon Slayer at number three because I value baby hugs more than you. Well, there we go. So I have Act Age at number two. Me too. I've suspected our top two would be the same. Yeah. Uh, this was super solid Act Age. And it was really, I did not think anything was going to go above it. <laughs> yes. The, I was like, I thought this was going to be. Number one with a bullet. N- number one. Uh not necessarily with a bullet, like it was still extremely good, but I felt like a lot of the stuff as in my like top 10 were extremely good this week. So I definitely knew this was going to be up there, but it was like, man, you probably would have been number one if We Never Learned hadn't come out even better. Yeah, We Never Learned was super strong. Like, again, if this was the last chapter, that would be perfectly fine. I teared but, up but, a little bit. But, like, this, I, I teared up. This chapter really got me. Yeah. I did not because, which is odd because I am, I don't know that I've ever cried reading something actually now that I say that. I probably have, but I am a bit of a soft touch when it comes to stories like this. I, but again, it could uh, over here and I'd be perfectly fine with that, but I am happy there's another chapter next week. Yeah. Yeah. So just really emotional issue of Shona Jump this week, which was great. Yeah. More of this, please. 
that kind of does it for our talk about Shonen Jump, unless you want to say anything else. Nope. Join us to talk about Drifters after the break. So we read Drifters, Volume 1, this week. This was your pick, Kevin, because you liked the anime. So what did you think about the manga? I liked the manga. I liked... I liked the... So this was this was actually done by the guy who did Helsing, the manga as well, not just the guys who did the anime. And I really liked the kind of uh, character, cartoony scenes that they have the characters go through. Kind of, It's like their own version of chibi moments. But instead of being chibi, they're like drawn, I want to say poorly, but like less defined than they are normally. And they're kind of like in the, they'll be doing like silly things during it. And I like the cut between like them being silly, you know, chibi characters essentially, and then them eviscerating dudes. Yeah, what I will say about it is the art is on point, both in the cartooning moments like you're talking about and the sequentials, like how the story flows moments Mm -hmm. and the fights. It's a little bloody for my taste, but that's 100% a taste thing, not an execution thing. Yeah, no, the the fight scenes are great. What are your thoughts on Drifters since it's an isekai that is manga first? Honestly, I think it's a goddamn mess. Like, I, I don't want to come out of the gate. That's why I started complimenting by saying the artistry on display is superb. And that is the more important thing in manga. But I feel like I don't connect with any of these characters. And I don't, like, I feel like I only really know the premise because you told me it before we started. I got you. I don't feel like it does a good job of establishing it. And the cut in the middle to Hannibal, like, defending that fort, like, just feels like such a weird cut. Yeah. Well, it's not Hannibal defending the fort, specifically. Well, well, they're trying to get Hannibal to do it. They're trying to let the people who actually own the fort have Hannibal control it because they have Scipio being like, no, Hannibal's like Hannibal is one of the greatest generals I've ever fought. The only better one being me because I, since I won. But that's their kind of like their introduction to the ends who are the, the bad guys that they're going to be fighting. Again, I don't know. Like I'm. I've, I was still really interested in this, but I think the story starts coalescing a lot more in volume two. I haven't read volume two, but since I've seen the anime and this follows it really closely, has me thinking that the story will start to coalesce where it was like they were kind of hinting at what's going on in this one. And this is almost kind of from a standpoint of, well, what if you were one of these drifters you're just kind of thrown into the story? Like, right. You don't get an exposition goddess to tell you. Hey, this is what's going on. Yeah, it's li- it's literally all right. We're just going to drop you in the middle of uh, the action. Go, go have fun. And the problem, I don't know if this is because they're historical characters or if this is a problem with just the way the story's told. Is I don't really empathize or sympathize with any of these characters. There's not one that I'm like, oh, I hope this guy's okay, or even like, oh, I hope I get to see him do something cool. Like I know who Odo Nobunaga is. Yeah, and like I have feelings about him, and I wonder if I was Japanese. If I would feel more, it feels like there's not a xenophobia to this, but most of the figures are drawn from Japanese history. And like I said, Nobunaga, I know who that is immediately. Well, the the main three, 
that you first meet definitely are, but like he's But there's got, also the pilot. Yeah, well he, he there's the pilot, but then there's uh Scipio, Hannibal, yeah, and, and I know that. Billy the Kid, and I don't remember who's the guy with Billy the Kid. He's one of his other members of the gang. I just feel like in this chapter Billy the Kid might as well not be in it. Like there are some really cool action shots. And yeah, again, he doesn't super good at that, but if you take him out of the story, it doesn't change at all. No, it does Next, well, I'm, potentially like, next. Well, I know what th- you they're mean, introducing yes. him, and that's fair, so that he can be a character. Yeah, next week, but here he's just a guy with a gun. Yeah, well, the the Japanese pilot dude is just some dude in a plane. Yeah, but that feels more important. I think because more time is spent on him, because Billy the Kid yeah. only gets a few panels, whereas the jet fighting a dragon. I guess it's not a jet; it's a World War II fighter. Yeah, fighting a dragon is gives multiple chapters of time. And also, I'm just a person who's always wanted, like, World War II with dragons. Yeah. Like, orcs with submachine guns and dragons fighting dogfighters is a thing I've always wanted. Well, here you go. Yeah. They didn't specifically have submachine guns, but they had orc snipers. Yeah. Like, ghillie suit, spotter, everything. Yeah, and that's also weird to me, like, the fantasy aspects of it. Like, I guess that's an isekai. It just feels weird and... Like I said, I feel lost, which I guess I'm kind of supposed to, but a little bit, I don't yeah. have anything to latch on to is what I ultimately feel like, other than the fight scenes are incredible. But even that, they have this messy, like, what's going on style, which, to be fair, feels like a style. It feels intentional. I yeah. don't want to knock it for that. I think they're 100% doing what they mean to do with it. Yeah. But yeah, it makes even that hard to latch on to. Like, none of these characters I care about, honestly. They're just people and i wonder if they're trying to use the historical figures as a crutch as hey you know who this guy you know how is you should know how they act i wonder if i knew these japanese characters more if i had more attachment to them if i would feel differently i feel like the main guy that we first start off with who is it like he's not that big of a historical figure i mean for all i know they made him up for this series i don't and i assume they didn't but i can't say for sure he's a historical figure I didn't look into it at all, but like everyone else is a historical figure, but he's the dude who was like, yeah, he was just some samurai guy. Like he wasn't this big samurai guy or anything like that. But one of the things I really like about it that doesn't really happen in this volume, but happens in the anime is it's not only is it the isekai thing, but it's the like colliding timelines thing where you have like Nobunaga gets to see Billy the Kids and the other guy that he's with, their Gatling gun, and he's or like even Hannibal, who sees that thing, he's like, give me one of those, I'll conquer Rome in a day. Yeah, and I do like that kind of stuff. Like, the premise is good, but like I said, the character stuff's more important, and like, the plot feels like kind of a mess to me, and there's no one whose corner I'm in. I gotcha. Like, they failed to hook me in that way. Like, it's well-crafted, but I don't care about anyone here. Okay. I feel like it's way more style over substance even that's kind of wrong because i do feel like the art is genuinely really talented i didn't know this was the guy who did helsing but you're telling me oh he had a very successful manga before like that makes all the sense in the world like he had time to hone his craft and figure stuff out this looks like a guy who knows what he's doing yeah but again like the character beats like there's no one i connect to here and like i can't really latch onto the plot either because i feel like it's too thin it it does feel really thin in this first volume. I think it picks up a little bit later. I think a lot of this first volume is like, hey, check it out. It's all these historical figures kind of clashing in this fantasy world. Yeah, but in, I don't really think they do anything cool with that either, though. Because it's not like we see a cowboy fight a samurai, a classic matchup that you would want to see. No. And towards the end, it seems like a bunch of them have like anime magical powers. And don't get me wrong. I'm a okay with that. But it seems like it came kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, 
if some slight spoilers, specifically the ends all have anime magical powers. Okay. Because the girl that we meet in the hallway, so there's the guy with the glasses and the girl, she gives them magical powers to kind of like she wants to destroy the world kind of thing. Yeah. Versus and, the guy in the and glasses. The DMV guy wants to save it. Yeah. And he's so he is not cheating, essentially. He's just all right, I need to redress these imbalances, so I'm going to, you know, just send people, like, to go deal with you. So, like, all the ends have magical powers. You know, Joan of Arc emits fire and can burn people alive because she got burned at the stake. You have Anastasia with her ice powers. Because she's Russian. Yeah, because <laughs> she's Russian. You have the one Japanese guy, or the one, like, samurai guy. I forget exactly what his power is, but like everyone has powers. A fighter plane is not a magical power, though, so you're allowed to take that. That's not cheating. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Billy the Kid has his his Gatling his gun. Gatling gun, so it's like you're allowed to bring. It's there's just a difference to me, and I understand it's kind of arbitrary yes. between equipment and a vehicle. Yes. It would be like, oh, hey, I've got to bring my mech, though. Yeah. Like if if Sherman shows up in a tank. That's different to me than Nobunaga showing up with a katana. Yeah, but at the same time, you're also in a fantasy world. So it's like, sure, you have a plane. That's good for an hour. Yeah, and oh, then that, it runs out of true. fuel. And the, like that happens. Like right. He actually crashes it. And they have to deal with, all right, cool. I only have so many bullets. Like I, I don't have the ability to buy or make anymore because Billy the Kid doesn't know how to cast his own bullet. I actually probably does, but he's like, I don't know how to make gunpowder. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on with that where it's like, oh, well, yeah, Sherman showed up with a tank. All right, cool. It ran out of fuel in six hours. And it, like, it, you know, you you have a tank with no resupply. Like, yeah, But we don't get any of those interesting things this volume. No. like, And that's the real failure of this volume to me. It's like it didn't buy me in. I gotcha. And I think uh, a lot of this was the fact that it was, hey, it's the Helsing guy doing, I think it literally got listed as a miniseries. Like, this gets published super infrequently, like two years in between each volume release. And if I was reading whatever magazine this was in, I would probably be excited for it. Because like I said, the art is on point. Yeah. And if I was buying, you know, this magazine anyway to get more of this, that sounds fine to me. You could also watch the anime because the second season is coming out. Yeah. I just, like I said, I, and part of it is I don't like isekai, and this is different isekai for sure, but there's like a lot of very isekai things in it. There is, but it's less about the random scrub dying and going on the power trip. And that's not really my, I, I have a hard time saying, hey, this is why I don't like isekai, but it's not that. Yeah. Because this kind of tripped it too. But like, No Game, No Life did not so much trip it. Okay. Digimon doesn't trip it, for example. Yeah, that makes sense. There's something about aesthetic. Like I said, it's hard to put a finger on. I wish I had a better grasp of it and could explain it better than, hey, I don't like this genre. Typically speaking. The art's on point. The, the premise is solid, but it didn't do anything that made me go, oh, man, I got to read the next volume. Like, at all. It was a pretty quick read, and in, I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Part of that, though, is lots of splash pages in the fights yeah and so i i still enjoy it i was actually debating buying the rest of the set because it's only six volumes right now and i think as of the recording the sixth volume just came out so 
like it's not super long, which is also kind of like an upside to it. It's got a second season of the anime coming out. Is I'm, it over? Do you know? Because you said it was a limited series, but that could just mean it's very infrequently published. I think it's just very infrequently published. Like they mentioned so Hunter Hunter. It, so. <laughs> yeah, it mentioned that it was a miniseries, but it seems like this is like strategically infrequently published. Yeah, like we publish and like three month- or four times a year or something like that quarterly. Yeah, whatever they want to. Because, like I said, there's like two years in between each volume release. Yeah, well, that could be every other month too. Yeah, so it could be it could be something like that where it's it's published every other month or however it is. But it seems to like it seems to still be ongoing. It it hasn't been canceled since the volume still released. So I am interested in doing more of it. And like I said, I'm I might end up buying the whole thing, reading it, and then watching the second season of the anime and getting excited because the anime is also superbly well done vis-a-vis just like uh, Helsing Ultimate. Anything else you want to say about it, Kevin? Like I said, it didn't do anything for me. It makes me curious if Helsing would, because I don't consider myself a Helsing guy, but I know that's a super popular series. And like with art skills like this, I can see why. Yep. I'd be interested as well, since I've only seen, I've only seen Helsing Ultimate. I never saw the original. And specifically, I only started watching Helsing Ultimate after Helsing Ultimate abridged. So that probably colored my experience quite a bit. So that would also be something interesting. And this guy has already has published quite a few manga. Like, it's not like these are these have been his only two. So I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I, I liked the anime. I liked the manga. But like you said, some of that might have been, oh, well, I know kind of like what's going on in some of my favorite bits of drifters happen a bit later but that isn't necessarily a i mean it it is a kind of a bad thing if the first volume doesn't really get you hooked but if it's appealing to the audience of hey did you like the guy who made helsing here's another volume or here's another manga from him cool let's let's do that guy can draw i will not take that away from him that just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the top is Uzumaki Naruto. Bottom is the guy who's not Yamcha. From that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. One day someone will be worse and free me from this curse. Yes. Dead in the center is Red from Pokemon Adventures. So I feel, what's the main character's name? I got Toyohisa written down. You know his other name? Whether no. that's first or last, okay. I mean, he did absolutely nothing for me, like I said. Like, I'm looking very near the bottoms, like Momonga, probably. And even him, Momonga, I feel like I have more of a connection to. Yeah, especially in this first volume, he doesn't He doesn't really do a, a whole lot. Um, I actually do kind of like him because he's this crazy, ridiculous samurai dude that ends up being a lot more competent in other areas. He's like, got personality, but I feel like in that's in quotes. Like he reminds me of some early attempts at D and D characters. We're like, okay, he loves taking people's heads, so he talks about that a lot. Yeah, but even in this volume, with the thing where he has the villagers kill the soldier dude, that's like, true. That ends up being explained more, which is one of the the kind of failings of this. Was I was like, I really like that moment in the anime where even they're like yeah this guy's like a muscle you know this guy's your typical fighter he runs in and smashes the monsters but doesn't think very much and that it's kind of revealed that he actually he does like he's not a complete and total idiot he's not a super genius you know he's not a genius tactician or strategist like Hannibal Scipio or Nobunaga but 
he still is fairly intelligent. So I do still kind of like him, but I do agree he doesn't have much of a personality. I feel like I want to put him above Momonga after you said that. That's um, totally fair. Like I said, because we rated manga Momonga, who I do not enjoy nearly as much because they removed all the fun stuff. Right above him is Karina K from Gantz, who I actively dislike. And above him is Kogami Ki from Magical Girl Apocalypse, who's just nothing. But above them is Kenzaki now from Liar's Game, and I think I like her more. Yeah, I could go with that. Okay, so Shimazu Kohisa, who is a real person, okay, will go at number 55 above Kogami Ki and below Kenzaki now. All right, Jeremy, so what are we going to be doing next week? Well, next week is Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. I'm British for a second. To celebrate, we are going to have some guests on and read a series I have wanted to read since we started this podcast, which is Sweet Rain. And if you don't know anything about that, you are in for a treat next week. Until then, www.patreon.com slash lastpodcast is our Patreon if you want to throw us some money. If not, a review on iTunes would mean the world to us because that helps other people find us. And there aren't a lot of manga podcasts, so just a few of those could make a big difference. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wynn on DeviantArt. Is there anything you'd like to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Merry Christmas. Stop.